You're listening to System Symposium, a lively conversation about the systems we encounter in all areas of our lives. We are here to take a deep look at the procedures we follow, the frameworks we live within, the methods we try, and the principles we define in our world. Some days we'll tear apart the inner workings of our favorite tools, and at other times we'll get dreamy and talk about our deepest desires and how we approach them with intention. We're so glad you're here. Let's get to it. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm kind of pumped to talk about this episode because this is a topic that is, I feel like an ever evolving theme in my life of the best way to manage time. I also feel like this is a topic that I don't think this will be the first or I don't think this will be the last time that we talk about this episode because it's a, uh, it is a difficulty that I have in my life. So I'm pumped to talk about it and to hear methods that you use. I know a few of them. I'm going to talk about methods that I've tried that haven't worked for me. (laughs) Um, And then I'm going to kind of, you know, chat about what, what I'm using now. And I'm pumped to hear what's working for you right now. So on this topic, something that we love to bring you guys is a system that we find is not working for us, a splintered system or a smooth system, something that we're interacting with that we feel is working really, really well. And we want to take time to highlight some of those. So Stacey, what's what's going on in your world? I was going to talk about my splintered system is I'm knee deep in budget planning in work. I'm doing like fiscal budgets for clients. And it's a lot. And then I also, you know, getting end of the year tax stuff together, figuring out expenses and income and all of that jazz. And it's almost time to pay the bills again. It's like, I've got all these spreadsheets with all these numbers in them. And it frustrates me because I know there's more power behind these spreadsheets, but I am just not the spreadsheet wizard. Like I can do the sum function (laughs) basically all day long, but like what, and I can maybe create like a list array of data to choose from in a dropdown, but like, I'm not, I'm not a wizard. I envy my cousin who is an accountant because he posts like jokes about Excel all the time. And I'm like, but I wish I knew it like you, like, I wish it was funny to me because (laughs) that would probably mean I knew a lot more about it. So it's not necessarily that these spreadsheets are a splintered system, but like it kind of hurts my heart a little bit because I know there's more power there that I just am not tapped into and it's stressful. And I always say like, I hate that being the financial provider that I'm managing the finances and it's like, well, maybe your husband should take that on. And I'm like, yeah, except I got all these spreadsheets Mm -hmm. and and I think you would probably mess it up. So I don't know if you can do it. It's like, it's total organized chaos in my life that just kind of, it's a necessary evil. You know, I like, I like seeing at the end, like, this is how much money you made and these are your expenses and this is where you can cut back and all of that kind of stuff. But I know that like, if I, the wrong keystroke in one cell and just like reference errors everywhere. And I just, all of these, I don't, I don't know. I know I typed something somewhere, you know, it's almost like coding a website where I know I'm like, 
there's just a period somewhere where there's not supposed to be a period and I have to go back and find it. So mm-hmm. that's my splintered system that is just makes me sad. For me personally in my life lately, I am using a tool that has smooth systems labeled all over it. I am using Notion and I have been using it for several months now. And I'm finally to the point where I'm figuring out the best ways to sort of map out my time and map out my day. What I love about Notion is it is uh, pretty much a build your own tool type of platform. And so for me, the way that I've been using it is to take all of my sort of brain dump of tasks that I have, and I have automation set up. So anytime a new meeting gets added to my calendar, it gets added into my notion and everything that surrounds me in my world all goes into this big brain dump in notion. And then I have set it up so that I can label what each of those things are, how much energy they're going to take, what bucket of my life they fall into, whether it be work, whether it be personal creativity, growth, those are kind of my four buckets. And then I map them out for the days of the week that I'm going to tackle those things. And so when I get to a chunk of the day that I know is a low energy type of day, and I have some time to knock something out, I'll be able to to sort of choose, like Stacey was saying, to choose from um, my list of low energy tasks that I can buckle down and work through. And it's really wonderful to be able to label everything like that inside of one system. That is my sort of tool that I'm loving right now. That is um, a system, a system within a tool that has been working really smoothly for me. I was literally (laughs) sitting, this is kind of embarrassing, but this is why we do a podcast on this stuff. I was sitting on my couch counting the hours in the day, like, okay, if it takes me an hour to get ready and I need an hour of self-care and I like to spend an hour of lunchtime with James and then baths take about an hour and dinner takes about an hour. And if I like to be up from about 7 a.m. and then like down for the night by nine or something like that, then like that's. 14 hours, take away the five I just identified of intention. Like how many hours do I have left in my day and what do I do with them? And then it's like, I don't know. Do we all, <laughs> do we all do this every day or is you this think about time like that? I, do. I don't know. I do, I do constantly, yeah. constantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. I, uh, I think I, I am more attuned to that on the weekends. I definitely am a weekend, like, how am I going to use my time? I really, nothing bothers me more than getting to a Sunday night and having those Sunday scaries where you have to go to work the next day and you feel like you accomplished nothing and you had two full days off. And I'm like, yeah, I can say I used that time to rest, but let's be honest. I used Wednesday night to rest while I watched Netflix. And then I used Thursday night to rest while I watched Netflix. And then I used Friday night to rest while I watched Netflix. I did not need to spend the whole weekend binging another TV show. So I like to have productive weekends, long story short. So yes, I'm a time blogger when it comes to the weekends, for sure. That's funny, because I feel like I give myself that space to kind of be more relaxed and free. Like I tap into my Jewish roots of like, it's Shabbat, people. Like, I love that. Don't ask me to do anything. Um, And then my husband's not Jewish. So like most people kind of see Sunday as day of rest. So we're golden. It's like, don't bug me on Saturday. Don't bug him on Sunday. Perfect. And then, and then we're in it. But um, I have historically not been able to get my act together on Tuesdays. Just like Monday gangbusters, like 
Yeah. Bring it on. I'm ready to take on the world. And then Tuesday, I'm like, that was good. What can we, I don't want to do anything today. So I, (laughs) I did, (laughs) I've intentionally stacked my Tuesday afternoons with just a bunch of status meetings in my life right now. Cause it kind of forces me to plug in and do something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those are just like, you know, you check them off the list. You can talk through them. They're kind of autopilot, but still productive mm-hmm. forces me to plug in on a day that I know I would otherwise, you know, do the TV binging kind of thing and just be yeah. like, whatever I work for myself. I can do yeah. nothing on a Tuesday. Like, look at me yeah, type of energy, but I would love to talk about my 90 minute. It's not my technique. I read about this technique. I actually looked at the article that I originally found. It was published in 2013 from Fast Company. I used to religiously read Fast Company every morning at work. I did too. And I don't even remember when I unsubscribed. I think I did like the great inbox purge of like 2016 or something. And I just unsubscribed from everything. And there are times in my life that I'm like, why, why did I unsubscribe from that person? I loved getting their newsletters or Fast Company. I loved reading about it. Why did I think I should unsubscribe from that? What I should have been unsubscribing from was like Urban Outfitters, Free People, like all of these places that are sending me like, oh, you get 10% off of something that's already $150. Like, no, I don't need that in my inbox. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I need to get back in a fast company, I think is the point. Yeah, As you were saying, sure. back to where we were. So yes, way back, I'll tell you, June 19th of 2013, why you need to unplug every 90 minutes. So this is when I first learned about doing your best work in cycles of 90 to 120 minutes. And so then I started timing myself to, to kind of test the theory. And it's like, yes, absolutely. You get engrossed in something, you get really super focused and then like pay attention to when your, your mind wanders, you know, like very similar, like meditation when they're like, when do your thoughts drift? And it's okay. Just acknowledge that it's like, get into something heavy and deep, like something that, you know, is going to take more than two hours to finish. And then just see when your energy drifts, your focus drifts, it's always going to be around that 90 to 120 minute mark. Mm -hmm. And the theory is to just let yourself take a break, take a 15 minute break. So I first integrated this into my life when I was the marketing manager at a grocery co-op. So desk job, I um, chose to work that job. I did four tens at that job. I worked 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. I loved it because nobody was up in my shit until I was three hours into my workday, you know, and then nine o'clock started and then people are bugging you and then your email is blowing up. So I would go in, I would not even open my email. I would get focused at six o'clock in the morning. I would do my biggest task, like write the marketing plan or whatever, and then realize 90 minutes to 120 minutes later, like I was feeling that fatigue. And so I would get up, I'd walk down the steps. I was in the upstairs part, walk down the steps, go get some coffee or just take a lap. It was part of my job to like, just kind of check and take inventory of the signage in the store and sort of take a beat on that kind of stuff. So I would completely shift what I was doing and kind of get out of my mode, get up away from my desk, come back and start another 90 minute segment. And it, I mean, it's, true like so don't force yourself to like push through that slug of energy just transition do something totally different and I think now that we're all mostly working from home it makes it really easy because now those 15 minute breaks 
can be a load of laundry or grabbing a healthy snack or walking around the block. There's so many things that could be that you could be doing that we used to maybe feel handicapped, just like, well, I'm sitting at a desk, what am I supposed to do? But do something other than what you were doing. Get yourself kind of in a different bucket of life and then rejuvenate and then get back to it. I've subscribed to that for years. It is the backbone of my how I plan my weeks in the balance book, the daily planner that I've designed. So breaking your day into 90 minute segments with 15 to 30 minute breaks in between and just kind of using that flow throughout the day, tapping into your energy that way. It works for me. And it doesn't have to be like that rigid. I think just realize, like, like I said, in the same way that during meditation, you're supposed to just realize when thoughts enter and like be accepting of that and realize that it's come and that you can let it, you know, watch it pass just like a wave coming in and out. I think look for those moments where your energy has fizzled, you've hit a little bit of a wall and then give yourself permission to just transition, do something different, come back and you'll feel great. And you can either get right back into what you were doing or pivot to a new area based on kind of where your energy's at. So it's my jam. It's been my jam for years and years and it's it's a good one. Yeah. So I have a question on it. Do you, when you are doing your 90 minute segments, are you planning like your entire day at, at a time? Like, are you sitting there and saying for this 90 minutes, I'm going to work in this type of area, or maybe like for this, you know, four hour block, I'm going to do multiple 90 minute segments in this topic. Do you plan out your whole day that way? And then also, do you plan like your downtime? Like, is this just something that you structure for your working world? Or is this something that you also use in other areas of your life? It's like yes and no to all of the above, right? It sort of depends. There are weeks where my entire week is blocked out in 90-minute segments. That's what I sit down and I do Monday morning, block out my entire week. When I was working uh, 40 hours a week, I definitely 100% did it. And it was phenomenal for so many reasons. I definitely encourage it for people who are in a working environment. If you're working a nine to five or you're working 40 hours or more than 40 hours or whatever, it's that constant. You hear people constantly say, I never get anything done because of all of the distractions. I've got meetings. I've got this. I've got that. So when I started this process, I had a laminated weekly calendar and I highlighted sections of the day based on energy levels, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Like, when do I have high energy to focus? When do I have low energy? I also put in um, standing meetings that were going to occur weekly. So I wasn't pretending like those weren't happening. And so now I have this kind of shaded calendar and I can see like, here's your high energy block. Here's a low energy block. And then I would look at my task list and find high energy, low energy tasks and start mapping them into my day. So I had this laminated sheet hanging above my desk and I would have people come in, which everyone gets. Can you, I need this. It has to happen. It was due six days ago. I have to have it tomorrow. It's done by whatever the case may be. I would point to my weekly schedule above my desk and I'd say, here's what I'm working on. If I stop and do this instead, this marketing plan, this branding identity, this website, whatever the case may be, is going to push. Let's see. Looks like I've got Friday at 3.30 open. Is this how you'd like me to reprioritize? 
I got so many, I mean, people stopped distracting me with those last minute requests because I had my shit so buttoned up. I'm working with intention. I'm working with purpose right now. Would you like me to stop doing that and do what you have going on? And it just really shifted the energy and, and people didn't really mess with me. The other thing that I would do is I would decline meetings that got booked over, especially my high energy focused times. Like I'm highly focused from six to nine in the morning at that job. Don't mess with me. If you're going to try and book a time over that time, I'm going to say no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like just decline. You, You don't have to have another meeting, another engagement like that with a Zoom link on it to decline another request. Like you could have something on your calendar that says, you know, write this plan or write this blog post or work on my social content or, hey, have lunch with my son. All of those things count. Mm -hmm. And if it's on your calendar and you've set that intention and it matches with your energy and it's what you're going to be doing for that 90 minutes and someone says, but I think we should be talking about this at this time. Well, just, I disagree. Decline. (laughs) I think that's, uh, I think that's worth repeating. Like decline a meeting because you can for whatever reason is most important to you at that moment, just fucking decline the meeting and rearrange it. Like we rearrange everything in our lives. I don't know why we're all so scared to rearrange meetings. I love the most empowering. Like anytime people like tell me they're stressed out about this. I'm like, well, you hit decline at least once this week and then tell me how it feels. Yeah. Like, king of the freaking universe. It feels so good. (laughs) So yeah, to get back to what you were asking, like, yes, I used to map out every single hour of my workday because it kind of protected me, put guardrails around myself and everybody else. Also made me realize it can all get done. Allowed me to realize what had to reprioritize immediately. Like that timeline's not realistic. We need to have a conversation about it. Nowadays, I sort of go with it sort of depends, you know, some weeks are really rigid and I know that I have to just plug it all in. It's the only way it's going to fit. Lately, I've been plugging in just the must-haves in 90-minute segments and leaving my calendar as open as possible. I just need that freedom and I need that breath to be really explorative on like, where is my energy right now? And what do these 90-minute blocks minute blocks look like? And I'm kind of filling those in as I go or reflecting back on what happened so that I can kind of form new habits. Just this morning I was writing, I was using my agenda layout to kind of write my habit coupling. And like, when I do this, I'm going to do this. So while I'm making my coffee, I'm going to empty the dishwasher. Before I start doing my work, I'm going to journal and meditate. At lunchtime, I'm going to make sure I'm present with my son and, you know, turn off my phone. While the boys are in the bath, I'm going to declutter their room. So I've been also kind of focused on, you know, timing at that point, like what things make sense to do together at what times of the day. Yeah. So then, I mean, the follow-up question to that is, are you timing even your, like, are you 90-minute chunking? even your like leisure activities or your like fun activities, that type of thing. Is that something that you also do? I do. I mean, I try, it's not like when I build out routines or when I think about, you know, times in the day, I do try to think about what realistically goes on in a 90 minute segment of my life just to kind of 
understand that and not to overwhelm it or not to be too lax about it. So, you know, there's, uh, there's some times in the day where it's like, I can maximize this time more. I can be doing other things, um, probably feel better and more accomplished at the end of the day. Like, like the idea of picking up the voice rooms for five minutes while they're in the bath, like that's going to make me sleep better at night. So let's try to maximize that energy out. There's other times. So one of the 90 minutes that I love is most of us, when we get a calendar invite, it's for an hour. How do we make a one hour meeting fit into our 90 minute agenda? Well, in my head, I spend 15 minutes before the meeting preparing, pull the notes, pull the back history, write an agenda. When's the last time you went to in a meeting with an agenda? Like, I feel like millennials or whatever generation Ron probably doesn't even know what an agenda is. Like we don't write them anymore. So see what happens when you show up and say, here are the things I think we should be discussing today. Is that why we're here? Like blow minds, right? So 15 minutes of prep, hour worth of meetings. We've got 15 more minutes, file the meeting, type your notes, send out the recaps, Take the next action steps, put the task wherever it needs to go, button it up, it's done. So your one hour meeting just turned into 90 minutes and maybe that feels like, oh, but I have so much going on. Why would I elongate the meeting? But you're tidying it all up and it's done. It can be filed, it can be out of your life. You know, you move on to the next thing. It doesn't become like another piece of low hanging fruit that you have to get to at some point. Yes, my morning routine, 90 minutes. My workout routines, 90 minutes. And that incorporates like getting dressed prior to the workout, taking a shower after the workout or eating a healthy snack after the workout. Or I also like cleaning my toilet after my workout because I'm also already disgusting. So like, let's just do something else disgusting. Um, (laughs) That's kind of how that works for me too. So that's clever. I like that (laughs) idea. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, have you found that there's any times in your life where this 90 minute thinking has not worked for you or uh, seasons of your life where it hasn't worked? I mean, obviously, yes. It's more about like how you approach the day, you know, like some days I'm on it and I rock it and other days I'm just not feeling it. And I think it's okay to give myself permission to not be in the zone all the time, but also it's like, you know, your personal time and space, I think it counts like total, like, I don't know if you want to watch Netflix or whatever, like watch it for 90 minutes and then see what happens. Like, do you feel fulfilled on like, I was able to kind of just give myself that time to get away. And that counts. If that's what you need in your life, like that counts. That doesn't mean that it's not productive or it's not feeding you in some way. Like everything is purposeful, right? Like take a bath or whatever. And so I think when I'm disengaged, I still try to, pay attention to, again, what I'm needing. Do I want to be reading? Do I want to be getting exercise? Do I just crave time with my kids? Do I really just need to do nothing and take a beat? Um, And that's where I get kind of more reflective and start to look for some of those self-care routines or blocks that maybe need to show up in my life more often. Because if I'm just running out of steam or don't have it or just don't want to show up that day, then it's like, well, maybe Let's look at what, what's working and what's not working and how do we need to adjust? Yeah. Do you go, I had so many questions about this. Do you, do you do 90 minutes back to back? 
So like, are you telling yourself, I am going to take a 90 minute leisurely block and do something unproductive or restful or take a nap, even whatever that time may be. Um, or are you like giving yourself kind of buffers on either end of this? Well, there's the 15, 15 to 30 minute breaks in between. So that's kind of your buffer. Those are your transition spots, you know? So that's when I'm either doing like my 15 minute cleaning method where you pick a room and you just get as much done as you can in 15 minutes, or I'm getting something to eat, or maybe I'm doing a little bit of journaling. So I have a whole list of like productive things I can do in those 15 to 30 minute gaps, just to like shift energy, re-energize and kind of get, get out of what I was doing, move into something else and then kind of get back to it. So that's the transition They're So they're not back to back intentionally because the whole thought process is like, you need a break. You're going to hit fatigue after that 90 minutes. So mm-hmm. give yourself some sort of break. And, you know, I don't think it's great when those can be productive, but that's not really the point. I mean, the point is for them to just be a time for your brain to quiet down. So doing something pretty mundane or like autopilot, something you don't have to really think about, something that you enjoy. I mean, those are the great times, like put on a meditation for five minutes or read a chapter of a book or make a cup of tea or just anything like that is like giving yourself permission to do that, knowing that you're going to gain on the other end because mm-hmm. after making a cup of tea or after reading a chapter of a book or after just sitting there and doing nothing or after eating a snack, you're going to come back with more energy. You're going to get back into it. You're going to be more productive than if you were to just push through. So giving yourself the permission to have those moments of transition. Mm-hmm. Is yes, that's great. Efficient. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself like it gets to the end of 90 minutes and you don't want to stop what you're working on? Like, do you give yourself space to readjust if that happens? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, sometimes it is just like a distraction of like opening up like a new tab in your browser and reading something or whatever. It's not like such a big shift where you're getting away from your desk or something like that. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I try to not find distractions like, oh, I just need a little break. Let me open my email. Email is not a little break. Don't hit yourself. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of get lost in that. So you want to be smart where if you find yourself getting a little bit distracted, just be like, okay, I just need to like retool a little bit for a minute. And maybe it's not a full 15 or 30. Maybe it is just a quick five minute, mm-hmm. you know, stretch, touch your toes, whatever, do it, you do anything and then get right back into it. Cause you've got good energy, then absolutely go for it. But you know, I always just tell people to be mindful, look at the time when you start. And when you first kind of just feel your eyes wander, look at the time again. And if you're at that time point, then just say, oh, I probably need a little bit of a break. My brain's ready to kind of come down and needs to regroup a little bit. So then another question that I have is how has this changed for you? So you mentioned in the past in other roles where it, you have a lot of control over your time in terms of, you know, you, you do have that ability to say, I'm going to block this chunk of time for, for these types of activities. Have you found in other working environments, because I know you've, you've had a lot of jobs, a lot of freelance gigs, a lot of like different types of work that you've done over the course of your career. Have you found areas that this method has had to be adjusted or 
ways that it's been challenged for you in different types of environments? It definitely gets challenged, but I think that I'm the one challenging myself. Are you getting Slack messages and Zoom chats while you're trying to have lunch? Well, like, is your phone in your pocket? Go leave it on your desk. You know, you have to control your environment a bit if, you know, you have to set up success around you. And you have to just realize, like, okay, what is allowed to interrupt me that really, truly is more important than what I've decided is most important for me right now? If someone messages me about work, is it okay if I responded in an hour? It probably is. If you were in another work meeting and they sent you a message, you wouldn't think twice. They're going to have to wait. I'm not going to respond until I'm out of this meeting. So why, why is your mind telling you, oh, but if I'm on a run or if I'm on a walk or if I'm hanging with my kids or doing laundry or if I'm just simply focused on another work task, then I'm obligated to respond because why? Just ask yourself why. It's all about giving yourself permission to intentionally do what you know you need to be doing. And that's where I think the power of really, if you do map out your full week, you know you have time and space to get it all done. And so you don't have to feel pressured or overwhelmed to be doing it all, all the time. Because you know, I'm in this place at this time on purpose, and then I'm going to be in this place at this time. So whenever I do feel challenged or whenever I do feel flustered or I'm trying to put together a puzzle and someone's asking me about an email campaign, I'm just like, you did it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Turn off your phone, put it down, go put it back at your desk, mm-hmm. tell someone you need, you know, for, you'll get back to them in 30 minutes, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and quiet your life down because mm-hmm. you're, you're doing it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is such a good way of looking at it. Something that I like about this whole 90 minute method is that it is so similar to the Pomodoro technique. And that is the technique where you're doing four chunks of 25 minutes with a five minute break between each. And then at the end of a four minute or a four cycle rotation, you're taking a 15 minute break. And that's kind of how you map out your tasks. Something that I've always hated about Pomodoro is it feels like for me, it takes 25 minutes just to get in the zone with the first task that I'm working on. And then the time is up and I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to take a break right now. And so I look away and I'm like waiting for my five minutes to get back into the task. And in that time period, I have ADHD and my brain will go do something else. Like I will lose that focus that I never even got started on in the first place. So I love that you are approaching this technique in a way that actually I feel works for more longevity because you're giving yourself more time to focus on one task and intentionally removing those distractions that pop up every 25 minutes or so. I tell my husband multiple times a week when he comes to distract me, I will say to him, you do know that this is going to delay me a minimum of seven minutes because every distraction, it will now take me seven minutes to refocus on what I was doing. So if you're looking for me to come upstairs and help with the kids, you just added seven minutes to that. It's like, (laughs) I sound harsh, but that's with your 25 minute thing. That's kind of where my head goes. It's like, yeah, it's going to take you seven minutes to get into it. And so now you're down to 18 minutes. And then like, what are we really, you can knock, you can knock some shit out in 18 minutes. Don't get me wrong, but 
I would struggle with that, but I have always, yes, I have assigned energy buckets because let's not pretend, you know, if you're a night, if you're a night owl, like my mom used to rock it from like midnight to three in the morning, Mm -hmm. all the world's problems were solved. Like Mm -hmm. she could just slay it. And Mm -hmm. that is not, you know, that's not me. And like yesterday I decided I woke up at six and I was like, I think I could get 90 minutes without anyone else waking up if I got my ass out of bed right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it. And I like built a fire and I did Sudoku and I read a chapter of my book and I had oatmeal and it was like amazing. Cause I just knew like I had back, I had been out of town for five days. I was about to be in back to back to back to back meetings all day long. And so I said, I'm going to get out of bed at six. I'm going to 90 minutes to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get my kids situated mm-hmm. from, you know, so I was six to seven 30, then seven 30 to nine. I'm with my kids, getting them juice and snack and all of that kind of stuff. And then I was into my meetings for the rest of the day. So it's like, it's kind of, you have to realize what pockets in the day you have and, and what you need them for. And then just go all in on that. And sometimes it does feel indulgent you know, like stretch your lunch hour to 90 minutes and indulge in like, ooh, you'd be surprised. You're looking for a way to bring organization to all the parts in your life, leaving you with peace of mind to be present in each moment Then I've got the perfect tool for you. The Balance Book is a daily planner that requires you to trust your intuition and find power in the compassion that you give yourself to plan your time intentionally. Find yourself peace of mind at thebalancebook.org, a three-month daily planner. What I like also about this method is that it does give you that ability to track that energy and to see, I guess, not only your energy and like how you're feeling in these 90-minute segments, but also like how you feel after these 90 minute segments, you might find, you might think you're a a night owl and you might actually find that you wake up and you have the most energy in the early part of the day. And it's way more effective for you to spend 90 minutes cleaning up the house in the morning before the world wakes up instead of rumbling about it and trying to clean the house when you get off work and you're trying to cook dinner and you're trying to do all these things, you know, maybe you can learn a little bit about yourself through these 90 minute segments. Uh, which I think is great. I am one of, I'm a morning person, but it took me until about a year or two ago to realize like, just because I'm a morning person doesn't mean I'm hopping out of bed and starting the work day. Like I'm a morning person because that is the valued time that I get before I let the rest of the world in. So I spend my mornings like journaling or reading. Sometimes I just spend my mornings like 90 minutes scrolling on my phone and I feel fine about that because I know that like, it's just about taking time to myself before the rest of the world starts. And sometimes I wake up and I I am like feeling it and I'll do 90 minutes of like cleaning the kitchen and I'll just like really get after it. But the point is that I'm taking that time to do something solely for myself. And I find that later in the day, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing out as much, as much as I have in the past when I didn't take that time for myself up front. So I'm a morning person 
who is almost always chronically late to work because that time in the morning for myself is so important to me. Um, it's like a, definitely a, a won't miss time period of the day for myself. Yeah, for sure. I became a morning person once I transitioned to freelance, which is funny because it was like my alarm clock going to work for years was just like the word. It was the devil. And I dreamed of the day. I'll never set an alarm again. And I don't set an alarm. But then it was just like with all the freedom and flexibility to do whatever you wanted. It was like, I want to get out of bed and I want to maximize and I want to do what I can do. So it was good that I became a morning person a few years before kids entered because you know, then you, you don't have a choice. You just yeah. are a morning person. Yeah. Uh, so that works out well. And yeah, we're, I'm early to rise early to bed. My husband's late to rise early bed. Um, he is, he is like, he packs, you know, he's the kind of person who accidentally walks 10,000 steps a day. Like he doesn't yeah. even know how that happened. He just packs it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you only have him for like 10 to 12 hours a day you've got them. And then like, that's it. You know, my, our therapist is always like, you know, find times to talk and stuff like that. I'm like, look, he doesn't get out of bed till nine. He's back in bed at eight. His brain shuts down like (laughs) before dinner. So it's like, we're working with a very, talking about energy. It's like, you want to have a critical conversation with my husband? You better make a lunch date. Like that's your only hope because that's, and he will tell you like, Please just don't try. So yeah, it's important. So we kind of started talking about you like to maximize efficiencies on the weekend. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'll check out. How do you treat the in-between the Monday through Friday? Is it all the same? Mm-hmm. Is it different? I Like I said, Tuesdays, I don't want to be bothered with Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Right now, I try to leave Thursdays open to just kind of no meetings. I try to find at least one day in my week where it's meeting free. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday afternoons are always like, um, it's time for me and my husband. We have therapy on those days. If we don't have therapy, then we get out. My mother-in-law watches the kids and mm-hmm. just go do something, which the last few years with COVID, it's been like get in the car and just go for a drive. But so I very much have different energies on different days of the week, but how does that look for you? Yeah, I, uh, it's a little different for me the last six months or so, because I have taken on a new job in the last six months, but prior to that, so I guess I'll talk about a little bit of both. Cause I definitely think there is some insights that I've gained in both worlds here. Um, so originally when I was fully working for myself, setting my own hours, all of that, I really went by energy management as my time blocking. So things I know about myself, I am a morning person. I love the mornings. I have the most energy in the mornings. So originally my thought process was plan all my hard stuff for the morning. I'm awake. And I actually realized that was not serving me at all because the, the crash that would come in the afternoons, which would come no matter what, I always crash in the afternoons. It would be so much worse on the days when I tried to fill my mornings with too much stuff. So now Well, then what I would do is my mornings would be no meetings, absolutely none. And I would follow my energy. And if that meant like I'm spending the morning cleaning the house, I would do that. If it meant I'm spending the morning, like getting into deep work on client work or on my own business, whatever that is, that time is off limits for anybody except for me. So that was kind of the way that I structured my day. And then I would make all my meetings be in the afternoons because that's when my natural energy slump happens. But 
on the other side of that is I'm also a bit of an extrovert. So I really am fired up and energized through talking to people. So if I'm naturally in a, a slump period of the day, how do I bring that energy back to keep myself going? Well, I do that by talking to people. So I kind of like fake that energy and it works for me because then by the end of the day, I'm ready to just be like, okay, I'm done with it. Like turn it off for the day. Um, and that, that method worked really, really well for me. In addition to that, I did a, for a while, I did a Thursdays no work. And that was really helpful because I tend to work when I was working for myself, I would, would work probably between 30 and 50 hours a week. Like it's a pretty broad range. It would usually fall closer to the, the 50 end of the spectrum. Um, but I would still really try hard to take that Thursday off because it was important to kind of give myself time away. And when I did that, I found that, yes, I might be still working 50 hours. I might be picking up work on the weekend. I might be, you know, working into the evenings, the other days a week, but that felt, that felt better to me than, um, keeping a consistent schedule every day of the week. Cause I am the type of person that really does struggle with consistency. Again, I think that that has to go, I think that has to do with ADHD. I think that has a lot of it. I'm recently diagnosed. So I'm learning all of these things about myself, but that is definitely something that I have learned is like, I have to let myself have that little bit of flex time and so doing a day like Thursday that I was off and I could not have to focus about work and I could focus on everything else was always really nice. And I loved doing that on Thursday because I knew that by Wednesday, like halfway through the week, I was getting pretty tired. So Thursday was always that good day to be like, okay, you made it to Thursday. Now you don't have to do anything. And then you have one more work day left. And that Fridays always felt like they flew by when I had my Thursdays off, it felt like kind of a treat in the middle of the week. So that's kind of what I did. And then weekends were just kind of a little bit of working, a little bit of other things. And I was not very structured about my weekends at that point because I, you know, I had more of that flex time in the morning to do the errands in the morning if I wanted to. So that's kind of how I did that. Now I work full time and I am kind of bound by the way that other people's schedules have to work. I work in a large agency and there's always so many people that we're planning our meetings around. Like we need to get 12 people into this meeting. And so sometimes most of the time you don't have control over your own calendar. I do decline meetings. That is something that I will do if I am meeting a work block, but oftentimes I don't have as much control over the ability to do that just because sometimes my weeks will be filled with meetings. And if I decline a meeting here, we can't reschedule it because there isn't any other time. So that's been something that I'm getting, definitely getting used to, but I have found a little bit of structure in that. I know that I schedule all my one-on-one -on -one meetings with my team on Wednesdays because that is the kind of peak of my energy for the week and it will dip off shortly after that. So I know that if I make it to Wednesday and I get through those one-on-ones that take a lot of personal energy out of me, then I know that it's kind of, I can post the rest of the week from there because I got, I got those, got through those. So while I don't take my Thursdays off anymore, I still do have this sort of mentality that the second half of the week is more leisurely of a pace. I try not to allow any meetings on Fridays. I do have big blocks on Fridays for working time. And that is really nice. Having kind of an end to the week that feels a little bit slower is nice, which is also what sort of transitioned me into this 
efficiency weekend type of mode. Um, some days it's Sunday and some days it's Saturday, but I find that my favorite thing to do on the weekends is to wake up early and plan my day, <laughs> which is so, which is so silly, but I do my 90 minute, my 90 minute chunks. And to your point, sometimes those 90 minutes, oftentimes those 90 minutes include, I'm going to binge this TV show for the next 90 minutes. I'm going to use this time period to go on a run. I'm going to use this time period to run errands that sort of thing. So I'm very 90 minute blocks on the weekends. And during the week, I just try to do more energy management type of style is kind of what's working for me at this, in this season of life, I should say. What is your hardest part of the day to either find intention or like label your energy to, or just which, which is the one that spins your head the most? The time of day that's hardest for me is usually that late afternoon, early evening. For me, I am really hard on myself if I don't feel like I've accomplished enough during the day. And so once it hits between three and five, I start getting a little bit panicky of, holy crap, I didn't get enough done. And at this point, I don't have enough energy to keep going. And I know that I have all these things that I have to do after work. So how am I going to get all the done? You know, that's kind of the time time of the day that I, I find that I really spin. Something that I've been doing lately that has been helpful for that time period is intentionally filling it with something like exercise or intentionally filling it with activities that are not work related. So I do have the flexibility to do that right now because I'm working from home. So I will, you know, put a block on my calendar that is either I'm using that time period from three to five to work out, or I'm using that time period to do a load of laundry, at least get it started or, you know, fill, fill that, that time period with super low lift, but efficient things that I can do around the house or with myself that feel like I'm still being productive, even in that sort of slump time of day period. And then if there's work that needs to be done after that, I'll, I'll pick it back up from five to six. And I, I don't mind at that point because I know that I've, I've used that time period wisely and I've kind of prevented that like dreaded, like, oh my God, I didn't get anything done today kind of moment, which is always between three and five for me. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm similar. I mean, I lately, lately, the last several years, I've done a good job of just cutting it off, even when I get to the end of the day and feel like, well, I had a lot more on my list to do than, than got done. I don't have any like tensity around that. I just, Mm -hmm. it's like time to shut it off. It's time to transition and Mm -hmm. get with the kids and that type of thing, which is, interesting I and I do like there are days then where I'm like okay you hunted things a little bit too far we're gonna just like hunker down and do it but I almost prefer that and there are some times when my husband all the kids are in bed by eight o'clock it's like I could do things for hours and still get eight hours of sleep so I will kind of save that block and just know that I have to dive in but I do okay not feeling overwhelmed by the things that didn't get done, which I kind of assume is a build of pressure for a lot of people. However, our family hits that slump in that same kind of time period, like the four to six time period, because the kids are wound up. (laughs) 
and the parents are wound down. We're like done, you know? And it's like, now the house is trash. There's toys everywhere. We have to do dinner. It's like, nobody wants to deal with anybody. I am coming upstairs from my downstairs home office at that point. And with two boys, I mean, it is like, it's that time of day where my husband's like, you wanted to have boys, boys love their mama. And they're just clinging. And you're like, holy shit, personal <laughs> space people. That's the witching hour for us where I'm like, if you could just take that away. That would be great. But I've also been trying really, really hard just to figure yeah. out what can we do in these couple of hours before dinner that helps. And we're an outdoor family. So like the best thing we can do is go for a walk. When we remember when my husband and I like lock in and remember that and just get the shoes on and get out the door and go for a walk, it does wonders, you know? And sometimes that means we come in and we just have eggs and toast for dinner. And it's like, oh yeah, also you can make dinner in 10 minutes and that is okay. The kids freaking love it. So it's totally fine. So I need to kind of remember that. I mean, last night, literally my four-year-old is, jumping on, you know, our little rebounder trampoline that we have for him, just flying, jumping from the trampoline to the furniture, having the time of his life. And I'm like, maybe this is what we do at five o'clock. I don't know. I mean, everyone's having a good time. Like I'm a little bit worried he's going to break his neck, but (laughs) maybe this could be a routine. I don't know. But I think it's just you know, I want to have the energy to like give to my kids and give to my family and indulge in those moments with them. But everyone and everyone's energies are like, the kids are high energy, but also tired, you know, which is just the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. And so we're working hard to make that a purposeful time. And one thing we try to do sometimes is to do like our dinner prep during lunch because we're already making food at lunchtime. So like, can we get some of the chopping done or can we get something going? So then the dinner prep later on is a lot shorter. And that way we have the freedom to like get to a park or get outside or play a game or we don't feel so overwhelmed in that in that time block. But mm-hmm. it is definitely a hard time of day just to, to match everyone's energies. I think that's like, it's so important to note that what I hear from you saying all of that is you really give yourself permission to throw everything out the door sometimes. And because that's the way that life works. I know that I'm speaking from my own experience here. I fall into this trap of, I cannot do the full week at a time planning that is not me. I've tried it. I cannot do very specific time blocking like that. It does not work for me. And I learned that because I would beat myself up so much if something went off the rails. Like if I didn't have the energy to go work out at the exact time period that I devoted to working out and I would just be so hard on myself and I never really like let life just happened around me. I always tried to control it. And if I couldn't, I would get angry. And so I love that you fully just embrace the chaos when it happens. And, you know, there's, I mean, I know that that happens because you have children and I don't, I'm not in that season of life yet, but life in general is chaos. And I like that you're able to kind of live with this both and allow both to kind of happen at the same time and just shift where it needs to shift and be okay if 
dinner is something super simple versus something more elaborate. And that's, it's all okay to do all of it. I love that. Definitely. I mean, obviously with the balance book, my planner, it's all about balance. It's about recognizing that you have different parts and pieces of you and pay attention to all those parts and prioritize all of them. I just think, you know, I did the whole agency life office burnout, 60 plus hours in my twenties. And I was like, hard pass. Like I'm not doing this forever. This can't be it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of when I had this awakening of like, I need to uncover all the different parts of me, make room for them, celebrate them all and be okay with it. But it also is the harsh reality of my life is never going to look like Pinterest mm-hmm. ever. It just isn't going to look that way. It's going to be a little, it's going to be messy, not a little messy, a lot messy sometimes around the edges, but it's again, knowing that like, don't worry about that because you're right here right now. You know, your life, you know, where you're at, you know, you're supposed to be putting this puzzle together with your kids right now. So mm-hmm. do the puzzle and enjoy yeah. it. Like you can clear the table another time. You can answer the emails another time, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I feel like the, like also giving time, we've talked about time for yourself. I've talked about time for my kids. We've got the time we have to give to like our income producing activities and all of that kind of stuff. But then also just like if you're in a partnership and making sure you have time for that. Mm-hmm. We, like I said, we do date, day of some sort every Wednesday afternoon, like the four-year-old goes to school and then we go off and do something. And it's better than date night because who has energy for date night? I don't, I'm tired. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. So we do date day where it's like from one to six or something. And we're sometimes running errands. We grocery shop together a lot and we find it fun But, you know, just giving yourself that time to say like, this is just me and my partner and we're going to tap into just the energy we have together with no distractions. And yeah, I think it's just, it really comes down to being honest with yourself, knowing what you need, just knowing what a badass you are. So like, if you, if you plug into this and stay the course, the course being just being intentional and present all the time then you're going to be just fine and you don't have to feel overwhelmed and you can feel good about what you're doing. And like slowly over time, you'll just uncover where you want to be and when it's interesting that you said that sometimes you would map out your time and then feel overwhelmed by not getting it done. I fell into that same trap towards the end of last year where I was like, putting blocks of time down for like, this is when I work on my wedding planning business. This is when I work on my daily planner, you know, passion project. And then those times would come and go. And that's not what I was doing at those times. And then I felt like I was failing those dreams or those side hustles. Mm -hmm. And so I eliminated all those from my calendar just to like check back in. I wasn't there at those moments. So where am I instead? But I think it's also like another way to spin it is to just, again, assign the energy are these high energy or low energy times of the day and then giving myself some choices. Mm -hmm. So if you're giving yourself a personal block and you don't feel like working out, what else can you do? That's going to fill up Mm -hmm. that personal bucket and like rejuvenate your sense of self. If it's not working out or going for a run, like, what do you need to do? Do you need to take a hot bath? Do you need to call a friend? Do you need to journal? Mm -hmm. Just do, just do something else, but tap into that piece and part of you. I 
don't know how long we've been talking about this, but I could continue. I know that's why I'm saying this is this forever. could be a multiple topic that we return to because there's, there's still so, so many much layers. to say. Yeah, there's yeah. so there really is so much to say on this subject. We could talk about time for all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we limit this block of our lives to only 90 minutes. So I don't need, I don't really need a break after 90 minutes and uh, talking about things with you. So. Yeah, I would agree with that.